0: Three great words: free, fries, Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bada ba Valid one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 123124. Excludes tax. Must opt into rewards.
1: Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with me, Tracy Ray how can i live a happier healthier life and what role does diet and lifestyle play in this endeavor could gut health be the key to achieving this goal joining me this week is tess Daly, author model and presenter with a busy schedule as mom of two and co-host of strictly come dancing putting well-being first is of utmost importance for this week's guest After years of figuring out what does and doesn't work, Tess is now sharing her take on the simple ways she's found to look and feel amazing in her new book, Four Steps to a Happier, Healthier You. Hi, Tess. Welcome to the podcast. Hello there. Lovely to talk to you. Lovely to have you. Um, So I'm so excited to be speaking to you today. Um, You have this brilliant new book out that just talks all things lifestyle and health. And I just can't wait to um, get, you know, hear more about uh, this topic. So we're going to jump right in. And I would love to start by asking you, has health always been of importance to you? Or is it something that changed throughout your life?
0: Well, I think the short answer has to be yes, because, you know, life is hectic, isn't it? It's so hectic. And when we are too busy and we neglect ourselves and we neglect to look after our own health, it's the first thing to go. And without it, I sort of feel like we can't be there to not only look after ourselves, but everybody else who needs us in our lives. You know, whether we're caring for loved ones, whether we're a parent, we're working hard. And so, you know, it is really important. I've been working since I was sort of late teens, probably late, at 17, I started traveling. I was working as a model then in the fashion industry. And I was working long hours, working different time zones, traveling on a plane every other day.
1: And, you know, I soon realized, you know, without my health, I couldn't get the job done. That's a really interesting point, actually, that you made, because I think often when we uh, talk about health, we always talk about health in the context of, you know, weight loss or, you know, having better skin or being more toned or, or whatnot. But actually at a fundamental level. Health is that thing that we need to get us through our day and help us achieve our our goals and live the life that we want because it's what gives us the energy and the motivation and things to do that. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. you hear, hearing you say that. Absolutely. I think, you know, well-being has been regarded as sort of a self-care has been thought of
0: as a luxury, but it's it's really not, is it? It's actually a necessity. We need to nurture our own well-being, or else, we know, what's the alternative? We will not be well. We risk burnout. We're living busier lives, I think, than we've ever lived before. And, uh, you know, my mum worked, my mum had two kids, but she seemed to find more time than I do as a parent, a working parent, to sort of sit down, smell the roses. So I'm fighting for those few minutes each day, just to sort of, decompress. I think it's really important that we do take a few moments to ourselves. If we can grab them at the start of the day, at the end of the day, I tend to set my alarm before everyone else gets up just so I can have that little bit of time to myself to sort of welcome the day and not have to hit the ground running, you know, at full speed because that's the way the rest of the day tends to pan out. I think it's quite nice that we sort of spend just a little a few moments to ourselves just to sort of start the day, reset, and uh yeah, that's what really works for me. And I know it's difficult trying to find time for ourselves. It is, and the first thing to go is our health, or it is our diet. You know, we'll have something quick, easy, on the go. And you know, when that happens, and if it happens too often, then our health suffers as a result. So yeah, I realized early I realized early on, sort of with a busy life with people to look after in my life and not just myself, then, you know, it has to be of importance. It has, you have to look after yourself.
1: Absolutely. And I think you're so right in that life just seems to be getting so busy these days. And it's so Mm -hmm. important to actually put that boundary in there and say, you know, it's not a selfish thing. I'm doing this so I can be a better person for myself and for my family and for my friends and for my business. And I love your tip there to kind of carve out a little bit of time maybe in the morning, because it's not always possible to carve out time once your day begins. And sometimes, in yeah. the evening, you can be absolutely wrecked. So I love, I'm also a morning person um, and I and I, mm-hmm. and I love that. So you mentioned uh, food as well in terms of this kind of journey towards health. So I would love mm-hmm. to know, along with kind of lifestyle uh, changes and setting boundaries, um, has your relationship with food changed um, throughout your life as you've kind of learned more about the importance of feeling well? Well, I lived
0: up north. I left home in my late teens and started started traveling. And um, up until that point, I'd sort of eaten a very basic diet meat, potatoes, and vegetables pretty much every day, a good northern diet. Um, And when I started traveling, it it just opened this whole world of sort of exotic foods and tastes from other countries, other cultures, ways of eating. I lived in Tokyo, for example. I'd never eaten sushi and raw fish. Um, I lived in Paris. And obviously, the French way of eating is completely different. They have a near reverence for food and for mealtimes. And those mealtimes are protected. You don't eat on the go. You wouldn't eat, you know, a baguette walking down the street. You sit and you eat for a couple of hours, maybe three courses, and maybe there's wine at lunchtime. You know, it was it was a real eye opener traveling the world and experiencing these different cultures and food, the different foods in these cultures for me. So that's really when my love of food, different foods, began. And I I also lived in in the states at a time when obesity was I mean it still is, it was big in the news that people were talking about it, and I was it was interesting because foods that, that were readily available in the states when i was living in new york were had already been banned here for years foods certain food colorings and additives and chemicals and fertilizers that we didn't use in foods um were just readily used over there and i thought wow they're eating all this stuff that we have been told is dangerous and is banned you know certain food colorings e110 for example was banned here the orange food coloring do you remember and then over there it was in, you know it's still in everything so it was for me i was like oh wow gosh they, this is different so i sort of got into my love of healthy food, eating foods with sort of, you know, health giving properties whilst I was living there. And I got into the fact that food could either make you well or not and into the nutritive value of food and into food as medicine as well. I was quite fascinated by that, that food can make you well or not. Uh, So yeah, that traveling and sort of eating and experiencing food in other countries, other cultures, that really kind of piqued my interest in not only food as fuel, but food as medicine and food and its nutritional um, values and properties and how it benefited our health or otherwise. So I've always been into it as long as I can remember, really, since my late teens.
1: It's interesting what you mentioned there at the beginning, because I think travel is such an amazing backdrop for so many learnings and experiences in life. But mm-hmm. when you touch there on um, experiencing different cultures and their uh, routines around food, I thought that was quite interesting, because often when we talk about food, particularly in the context of health, you know, we really get into the granular things like, you know, eating your fruits and vegetables, don't eat pesticides. Um, You know, don't Mm -hmm. eat processed foods, all of that kind of thing, which absolutely is is important. And as you say, um, living in somewhere uh, like the States where there's often a lot of additives to food, it really kind of makes you recognize how important good quality natural foods are but also kind of experiencing different cultures being a backdrop for showing you the way different people eat and that that can be of importance as well that sometimes it's okay to slow down as maybe the French do and really enjoy Mm -hmm. your meals versus kind of grabbing something on the go and always eating on the go so that's really interesting. Yeah it was a real eye-opener actually Mm. and um,
0: the fact that the French managed to find two to three hours in the middle of the day well. to to sit down and to appreciate the food. I mean, you know, a glass of wine at lunchtime is not for me because it would just totally slows you down. But for that, it's a way of life there. You know, it's sort of like having water. It's just, it, it's it's how it is. And of course, the working day is then longer to compensate for that long lunch. Because on the on the flip side, I then moved to New York, whereby the day was a nine to five working day and you wouldn't dream of stopping for two to three hours. So it's just interesting how different people sort of do eat how they share their food how they enjoy their food make time for food or they don't but yeah it's it, just very interesting like a real sort of culinary journey if you like sort of traveling the world and experiencing that was just a real eye-opener for me who had never experienced food from other cultures to up until that point
1: absolutely and I think it just goes to show that there's a myriad of ways to go about you know health and a good relationship with food, it doesn't have to just be one way. And sometimes it can change depending on your environment and and location as well. So I'd love to know at this stage in your life, what does health mean for you as, as a concept? You touched on the fact that um, you prioritise it for kind of helping you to feel good. Um, would you say mm-hmm. that that's your your kind of foundational value of health? Or is are there other reasons that you put it at the forefront?
0: Yeah, health. Well, health for me means it means being able to function at your highest level, not compromising on how, you know, you get through your daily life. So good health for me means flying up the stairs and springing up from your chair and feeling good in your own skin, you know, not feeling sluggish, bloated, tired. Again, the bloated aspect relates to gut health, which I'm really, really interested in and digestion and all that sort of stuff. And so moving more helps the way you feel. It helps your general fitness levels. It helps you stay flexible flexibility is key for me flexibility equals good health for me because as soon as you start to feel stiff and it's difficult getting out of your chair then you know that's your body telling you you need to work a little bit on that flexibility and just and when i say move a little bit more i just you know i mean maybe a brisk walk outside for 10 15 minutes just get your heart rate up a little bit and just get yourself moving because we live sedentary lifestyles now we're often sat at computers we're looking at screens we're driving i spend A third of my life, I think, driving in my car. You know, I live in the countryside. I'm doing constant school runs. I'm driving all the time, and so you know, I've got to make myself move because otherwise, I'm sat in that position. And so many of us are sat at screens, tapping keys. It's not how we're meant to be. We want, you know, we just need to stay. Moving to stay flexible, to stay fit, and that's what good health is for me. Good health is waking up in the morning, jumping out to bed, and wanting to seize the day, rather than it, it seeming like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, ta- it's hard, it's it's an effort, and that's why, that's why I wrote the book because this is my four steps to happiness, to healthiness. These are basic these are functional steps they these are easy to achieve and easy to sustain steps which are about moving a little bit more for flexibility and fitness whether that's getting a skipping rope outside for three minutes and jumping on your patio that works for me gets the heart rate up gets the endorphins that makes you feel good moving a little bit more eating better eating for health eating for our stomach side digestion because that affects our entire body affects our skin our hair our mood Everything our gut affects the way we feel, and you know, breathing better, more functionally, breathing almost as a sort of you know, consciously breathing at times of stress, for example, just taking a deep breath, breathing out, inhaling, exhaling, will reset how you feel. It will help your stress levels. It's brilliant. I use it in the car if I'm stopped, if someone cuts me up, I'll breathe deeply. It resets me. It it genuinely is an untapped superpower. Our breath, you know, it, it's a great meditative tool. And for people who find meditation difficult, such as myself, who can't stop that, you know, the thoughts, conscious breathing is an absolute game changer. So it's about that. It's about eating better, breathing more consciously, moving more and sleeping soundly. And those four small steps, those life hacks, I feel really passionately about because they are game changers. They collectively make a big change to how you feel. And I felt quite strongly about sharing it because it's what's worked for me and it's just small steps it's five or ten minutes to yourself at the beginning of the day or the end of the day if you're busy during the day which most of us are and I promise they really make a difference to how you feel and I wanted to share that because I'm not a fan of sweating I don't love working out every day for hours you know I'm not that person running 5k a day it's not me but I do want to feel good in my skin I want to stay healthy and fit and happy and I want to keep moving and you know this is what's worked for me so Yeah, I enjoy sharing it because I'm passionate about the subject.
1: Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go!
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, If. only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus
1: Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. No, I mean, it's so lovely to just listen to you talking about it. Your passion really shines through. And I think in particular, you know, hearing someone like yourself, you know, talk about these really foundational, you know, approachable uh, methods of supporting your health is really quite refreshing. Because I think sometimes you can look at someone and, you know, they look really fit or or put together or glowing or healthy and you're thinking oh you know they must be spending mm-hmm. six hours. We in the all gym. do it don't we? Absolutely. We all do it like what do they do? Absolutely we're like you let know. me just tell me what potion you use so I can buy that please. Of course um,
0: and you know what there is no real there is no magic potion really and I think what it is it's collective it's collective steps. Absolutely. It's the little things we do for ourselves that cumulatively do make a difference and I, I genuinely believe that because you know I'm as guilty as everybody else at letting it fall by the wayside and eating on the go Some t- and eating that sandwich on the go because I haven't got time I need a car picnic I'm driving somewhere you know it's the sandwich in the car we're not perfect beings none of us are flawless but we're trying you know and
1: we're trying and it's about those little life hacks that do make life better easier absolutely and I think you know you hit the nail on the head there in terms of We're not perfect beings, but actually there's still things that you can do to feel good and live quite a healthy lifestyle. You know, like all of those things that you mentioned, going out for a walk, you know, doing some breathing Mm -hmm. in the car if you're having a really stressful day and you're feeling a little bit anxious, um, you know, drinking enough water, trying as much as possible to eat foods that we know are nutritious, but not kind of guilt tripping ourselves if we don't always achieve what we believe to be perfection because as long as you're making those consistent efforts, um, we know that it's going to have a compound effect. And we can see that in the, you know, not to get all nerdy and clinical, but we can see that in the clinical data as well. But I think it takes talking about these things in a certain way to, to kind of get that understanding of, oh, these little things actually can make a difference. You know, I don't have to go from couch to in the gym 24/7. I can actually you really go out, don't. Yeah, and get some fresh air. Exactly. That's so true, isn't it? example, I've got a lot of
0: recipes in the book, recipes that I cook for my family at home. And what I do, I tend to sort of I throw in the superfoods, the ginger, the garlic, whether it's a sprinkle of cinnamon on the, you know, on the on the yogurt in the morning, breakfast with fruit. Anything that sort of helps ramp up uh This anti-inflammatory, that sort of antiviral that has, you know, wonderful nutritional qualities, the ginger, the garlic, whether it's in a stir fry, it's in a rice dish, whatever it's in, I sneak it in there because I know it's good for the gut. So why not include it in a delicious recipe? Why not? Up the You know, the gut friendly value of your meal and your food, because it's only
1: going to benefit you. Absolutely. I mean, I always say I'm like, listen, if you want to go have a cheeseburger and chips, great. It like maybe mm-hmm. throw some lettuce leaves on the burger, throw some gherkins there or, you know, it doesn't deciding to have, you know, the bowl of ice cream or the cheeseburger or all of those things that we associate with being less healthy doesn't prevent us from also kind of making healthier choices as well. You can flake in the ginger, you can flake in the spices and all of the good foods as well. And isn't that great because you're actually satisfying what you want, but you're also getting a lot exactly. of the good stuff. So that's such a great philosophy. Um, and I, I love to hear
0: Moderation's Moderation
1: is everything, isn't it? Moderation
0: is everything. The minute we start to deny ourselves a little bit of what we fancy, whether that's a chocolate bar in the afternoon or whether it is a burger. Then, you know, if we start to deny ourselves, then it becomes a mind game. There's just no point playing that game. That's why I do do believe that sort of diets, it's a word I won't use in my house. I'm the mother of teenage daughters and I will not use the word diet because I do think that diets are not sustainable in the long term. Because, you know, yes, I I believe in a healthy diet. I believe in adopting a healthy nutritional meal plan that works for you based on whole foods. But I do also believe in allowing yourself a sweet treat occasionally or a little bit of what you fancy, because if you don't, then you will not maintain the rest. (laughs) You know, it'll fall by the wayside because we're lazy creatures. We want the easy option and it has to be practical and sustainable.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, you mentioned in your in your book that you focus a lot on gut health, and this is a topic that is really, really popular with a lot of our listeners. so I really wanted to lean into that a little bit more because I was really curious, um, you know, how and why uh, did gut health become such a focus for you um, in your kind of pursuit of health or in putting this this piece of writing together? I have been interested in gut health
0: genuinely for as long as I can remember, for as long as I've been traveling, really, which is, you know, like I say, late teens. Um, And it, it, it amazed me that the, you know, the, the, gut affects the rest of the body and something as simple as an imbalance of good and bad bacteria the microbiome in the gut can just it can change your mood uh it's not just your digestion you know that goes on in the gut it's sort of it changes your mood it changes your hormonal balance it helps you maintain weight you know a desired weight it helps your you know helps your immune boost your immune system and i I'm quite geeky about sort of what goes on. I'm I'm obsessed with endocrinology and hormones and I've studied that quite a little bit. And I couldn't believe that over 90% of our happy hormone, our serotonin, is produced in the gut. When I found out that fact... Which brought two of my great interests together, which was hormones and digestion. I thought oh, th- this is a game changer. Okay, so if the, if our gut isn't happy, if our digestion is, you know, laboured, it's beleaguered with stuff that it's not enjoying, it's not digesting fully, then that means we don't feel our happiest. We can't feel our best. Our mood is affected. The very way we feel that day is affected by how our gut is feeling. Whether or not that microbiome, if there's more bad bacteria than good bacteria, we simply cannot feel happy. And that blew my mind, that simple stat. And I looked into it, and I can't believe actually that gut health hasn't really been a mainstream health topic. It's only started, we only started talking about it within the last 10 years, really. And we're still learning, aren't we? The science behind it. So for me, it's just endlessly fascinating. I just think, you know, it can it, bad gut health can cause anxiety, it can cause depression and, because the brain and the gastrointestinal system are connected. And that for me was an eye-opener because I just thought, hang on a minute, No wonder when we're bloated, we just feel down. We just feel a bit, we can't, you know, we don't feel bouncy, do we? We don't feel joyful and we don't feel light. We just feel sluggish.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And um, it's such a fascinating area. And actually on what you mentioned around, um, you know, our gut producing happy hormones. um, Another little piece, a nugget of information that I love around that is the fact that you also require some carbohydrates to, transport those happy hormones to the brain so just giving i mean now it doesn't have to be a cookie or a slice of cake but you know just again kind of talking about the importance of of all these food groups and how they work and interact with with the gut and the brain Um, so it's just it's just fascinating and it's amazing that that is get finally getting out into the mainstream because it's such important information Having balanced gut microbiome,
0: good bacteria and bad bacteria, it really does benefit us, you know, and it helps our immune system as well. So, uh, yeah, it really it, it, it's For me, it's just vital that we look after it. And it will look after us.
1: 100%. So I'd love to know, what are some of the kind of basic principles then that you use in terms of when it comes to your diet or lifestyle um, to support your gut? Are there certain things that you do, certain things that you don't do? Well, I add things to my diet that help ramp
0: up the good, good sort of, you know, that are great for the gut
1: bacteria. So
0: I will make ginger tea at home, for example, really strong ginger tea, grate up the ginger, Boil it up in a pan of water, let it sort of let let it rest for a couple of days. I mean, just warm it up as needed in a mug. Have a cup of ginger tea, add a little bit of honey for sweetness, and it's so so good for you. It's great for the stomach. It's anti-inflammatory. That for me really works wonders, and it's great. It's antiviral as well. It stops you getting cold, which is fantastic any time of the year. Um, and I so I'll add lots of I'll add lots of foods into my recipes that are gut friendly. Also moving just a little bit every day really helps as well, helps the gut, works for me. And it's known to, you know, it's known that movement exercise really does help the gut. So anything like that, keeping moving, keeping, you know, eating gut friendly foods, adding into my diet, whether that's juicing, making a juice and just throwing some fresh ginger in there, lots of garlic in every recipe that I make pretty much. And yeah, I mean, that that sort of works for me. We can tell instantly, can't we, if we eat something that just doesn't suit our stomach. It might be bread. If it is bread, maybe you should switch to sourdough because sourdough obviously has gone through that fermentation process. Fermented foods are great for the gut. So sourdough I've found is, you know, it doesn't make you bloat as much. And that sort of, a lot of my friends have found that. My husband, he bloats from bread. He eats sourdough all good. You can have your toast and eat it. (laughs) feel fine. So there's like all these little hacks that I find. They they all help, you know, they help because as soon as your stomach starts to feel unhappy, then so do you. So yeah, I keep an eye on what is, what is sort of feels inflammatory and feels sort of unfriendly to the gut. And I keep an eye on that and try and swerve it next time.
1: hundred percent. I think the best, um, health advice I I was ever taught was pay attention to how you feel after you eat. If you're falling asleep mm-hmm. after your lunch, then there's probably something in that lunch that isn't agreeing with you. Or as you say, if you're bloating out after eating bread, there's probably something in that loaf that isn't agreeing with you. So it doesn't mean you have to demonize a food. It just means that maybe you need to look at a different approach. So try sourdough or try something, you know, with whole yes. grains or maybe not. With whole grains and just have a little experiment a little bit. Exactly. It's not always about eliminating, it's perhaps
0: about finding a substitute that makes you feel better.
1: Absolutely. And
0: doesn't feel like a sacrifice. It actually feels like a win.
1: Absolutely. And that's how you discover some amazing recipes and amazing foods and, you know, just really satisfying meals, which is the goal at the end of the day, right? Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I love cooking for my family. It's just
0: I just you know, food is love isn't it it is it's oh, just yeah. it brings us together i'm a foodie like through and through i could talk about food all day long because i enjoy it and i feel like i'm on a constant sort of taste discovery journey i have been ever since you know i started traveling the world and trying the different meals and the different you know it was for me it's just like yeah it's a it's a joy it, it brings people together and it's a way you can nurture those you love through good foods. And it, yeah, I just really enjoy it. it. Feels like a celebration sitting down to a lovely meal, doesn't it? Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, I mean, you're talking our language over here at Good Foods. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, absolutely. Oh, I love it. And I love the fact that, you know, we're here talking about gut health and, you know, health foods in, in particular. But really, you know, the, the passion and excitement is still here and there's still that message yeah. of, you know, All food can be health food. It's just about how you're approaching it. Yes, of course it is. You know, a roast
0: chicken dinner on a Sunday, it's whole food, vegetables in the oven, you know, roast vegetables. And it's delicious. It's soul food. You know, it it warms your soul, makes you feel good,
1: but it's good for you too. Absolutely, absolutely. So I can't believe that we're actually coming to the end of this Um, already. I feel like I could just talk to you about delicious foods all day. Um, (laughs) But before we let you go... Um, I just wanted to jump onto our little myth busting section. So I wanted to throw out some common gut health um, ideas that that we hear a lot and just get your thoughts on them. Um, okay. OK, let's go. I think we've probably <laughs> already covered this a little bit, but gut health only matters when you have a specific issue, i.e. bloating. True or false? false
0: definitely false 100%. because i think it's important for us all isn't it it you know it affects our immune, it benefits our immune system it benefits our sleep our serotonin happy hormone production our physical and mental health can only be benefited by nurturing our gut health. It's good for all of us.
1: Absolutely. And I think as with anything, it's always good to try and start making um, you know, progress in an area before you start experiencing a lot of issues. So if you're yeah. not experiencing issues right now, then that's a great, fantastic time to start supporting your gut health. Agree. So another one. Everyone should take probiotics. How do you feel about this? I don't think
0: everybody should. For example, if you've got a compromised immune, then perhaps not because it could cause, you know, an effect on sort of you could get a bacterial or a fungal infection because it could stimulate the wrong kind of bacteria. So, yes, it's useful for a lot of people, for most of us. But if you've got a compromised immune, it might be a no. You'd have to consult your health professional. So generally, it's beneficial but
1: not always. Definitely. I totally agree with you. I think that probiotics can be beneficial, particularly kind of broad spectrum ones. If you're, you know, mm-hmm. lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, those kind of things, if you're if you're just kind of taking it off the shelf. But our gut health can be quite um, complex, as you mentioned earlier. There's lots of different bacterial families in there. So I think if you are taking anything long term or anything, um, any specific strains, it's definitely a good idea to talk to um, a practitioner, like a nutritionist. Um, and there's, as you say as well, there's so much that you can do through your foods and your diet. Um, it's, you know, almost like a, a probiotic in itself that you're not having to pay extra for. Live yogurt's a good one, oh, isn't it? Oh yeah. And it's delicious. <laughs>
0: Stir it into everything. It is. I love it for breakfast.
1: So let's throw another one. Uh, gut healthy diets are restrictive.
0: I think it's the opposite, actually. I think... I think it's about introducing a more diverse range of foods into your diet. You know, we've all heard the saying, eat the rainbow, eat more fruit, eat more vegetables, go to the farmer's market, go, You know, just choose, choose something in season or choose something that you may not usually, you know, use and just be a little bit more diverse. Our gut loves diverse foods. It loves the whole different, you know, the different bacteria, the friendly stuff. So yeah, eat seeds, eat f- f- more fiber if you can fiber is our friend. Um, you know, an apple a day, you know, that the old saying an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's true. All that fiber and the pectin, it's like a toothbrush for our intestines. So I think, no, introduce more foods into your diet. It's not restrictive, honestly.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I think if anything, a true gut healthy diet is probably one of the least restrictive diets because we know that diversity of food and variety of food is so important. I do appreciate that I think sometimes there can be um, a perception of um, restriction with gut health diets, because often we hear very much about the clinical gut health diets, like low FODMAP or elimination diets. But those are very much more of a kind of clinical thing. So when there are a lot of gut health issues going on and you, you know, yeah. you're you going through your doctor or your nutritionist or dietitian Absolutely. or whatever. So I think it's really important to um, differentiate between the, those two things. And as you say, a true gut healthy diet is actually the least restrictive thing out there just go mad yeah (laughs) diversity is key absolutely so I'm going to finish on um, this one so Mm -hmm. stress can affect your gut health what do you think? yes
0: totally it can 100% stress causes an inflammatory response doesn't it in our body so it can really affect that delicate balance of bacteria in the gut and the gut flora cortisol is guilty of that. Uh you know and that can impact other parts of our bodies, our skin, our hair, our hormones. And a lot of that begins in the gut. So stress, we need to sort of try we need to calm ourselves where, as often as we can because stress is not our friend. Our gut doesn't like it. Our entire system becomes inflamed in response and it's really not good for us.
1: Absolutely, totally agree. As you mentioned earlier, you know, there is a relationship between our gut health and the rest of our body. And I think it just reiterates the importance of some of the principles you mentioned at the beginning of our chat um, in terms of supporting stress management. Because sometimes if we're experiencing gut issues, we immediately think, oh, I need to, you know, eliminate something from my diet. But actually, maybe you're just really, really stressed, and maybe there's nothing wrong with your diet. Maybe Maybe you're doing a really, really good job in that area but you hold a lot of tension in your gut and maybe you need to try some of those breathing exercises or a little bit of movement as you mentioned or setting some more boundaries so um, I think it's important to have all sides of the conversation which is something I really like about um, your what you've what you've written in your new book
0: thank you because it all connects you know the stress might be down to lack of sleep but then you can't sleep if you're stressed so what I do when I can't sleep at night and those thoughts won't there's racing thoughts on the to-do list for the next day won't let me. <laughs> that is when I sort of concentrate again on the breath and just, you know, even if it's for three minutes, just to settle those racing thoughts and just literally count the inhalations three or four times, count to three or four, and then exhale. Do that, counting the breath. If you do that, if you repeat that three, four, five times, it genuinely calms those racing thoughts. It calms the entire system, it calms that inflammatory response, and it helps you sleep. I find that really works for me, and that's great little sleep hack is to concentrate on your breathing because it just stops you thinking of the thought, you know, the, the, the racing thoughts. It, it allows them to just stop and fall by the wayside for a minute.
1: And it's all linked. It's all linked. That is such a good tip, actually, because... I can also attest to the fact of how amazing breathing is. And it's something that if you had told me about it, I would have said that is way too simple to actually have an effect. You don't Mm -hmm. understand the level of anxiety I'm feeling, you know, that's nonsense. Whereas actually, if you try it, just just give it a go and and see for yourself yourself. It's incredible. So Can't recommend
0: it highly enough. Just try it even when you sort of lay in bed at night just before you fall asleep. I put my book down and then I think, oh God, I didn't do that. I didn't put Amber's PE kit out for the morning. She's got athletics. I think, okay, stop because now the to-do list is going to start taking over. I'm not going to sleep. And so then I just instead try and think, I'll do a little note. I'll pick my phone. I'll do a note. Then I'll put my phone down and that's gone. It's on the list. And then I'll just breathe. Just breathe just breathe, count the inhalations, count three, four, five, and then exhale, count that as well. And it puts you in the moment. It's honestly a game changer and you'll sleep better and you'll wake up feeling calmer. And your stomach will feel calm. everything. It's a reset. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, because we don't want to compromise in our sleep because that doesn't make our gut happy either.
1: Couldn't agree more. I think that's the perfect place to to finish. I think ever, anyone listening, go try that breathing exercise um, that Tess mentioned tonight. Simplest thing, isn't it? Let us know. Simplest thing really works. Absolutely. Let us know how you feel. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here, Tess. I've really, really enjoyed thank our you. conversation. And I think, you know, just coming from a clinical perspective so much of what you said it sounds simple but it's so concrete and it's so important for living healthy in today's world so it's amazing to hear you talking about this and sharing your passion for this so i really really appreciate you for that thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed talking i'm really passionate about the fact that we look after
0: ourselves you know from the inside out because we need, we got busy lives. We need to be there for them. We need to be present for them as best we can. And just a few minutes every day, just taking a few minutes every day, just to sort of reset and have a little bit of self care built into your routine. Whether it's first thing in the morning, last thing at night, maybe it's a few yoga stretches by the bed. I'll do that sometimes. It's just laying there and it's breathing meditatively. It will, it'll pay, pay back, pay dividends, and you'll feel better for it.
1: Thank you, Tess. Thank you for having me. For anyone that would like to find out more about Tess and her new book, Four Steps to a Happier, Healthier You, you can find all the links on our podcast page at bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BBC Good Food podcast. Join us on Thursday for our bonus cook-along recipe. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.